0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Collecting Comics, a show where we talk about comics and how to collect them. My name's Sean, and I'm here with my co-host, Cody. How's it going, Cody? It's going great, Sean. How are you doing? Doing well. So, Cody's going to be uh, my co-host for the foreseeable future. Cody, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you collect?
1: Oh, man. I collect a wide variety of things. Uh, comics, uh, first and foremost, my, my instant love. Uh, I do a lot of Doctor Strange, uh, a lot of Doom. Um, I do some more obscure comics too. I do like IDW. Um, uh, whoa, man. The Sandman, the comics that came out there. Mm-hmm. So just kind of a, a wide variety of things.
0: So not many people read Fantastic Four right now. I mean, they just kind of came back into the fold. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but they were so pivotal. They were so pivotal uh, in the, in the nineties or early two thousands with some of the stuff with like uh, uh, just before uh, secret empire or secret, um, secret Wars. Yes. And then even uh, in new Avengers and uh, Avengers right, right before that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what would you say is your uh, most prized possession in collecting?
1: Uh, I got a, a comic signed by Stan, the man Lee uh, with my mm-hmm. favorite hero, Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. And um, I think collectors take one of two routes when they're collecting comics. Uh, they, they either take the comic that means the most to them, or something that graphically looks cool, uh, mm-hmm. like cover art wise, and that's kind of what I what I chose. I um, I wanted something that really showed off the character. You, know, you get the cape, that classic like uh, '90s cheetah print on there, yeah. but it also has this like holographic ring around it. And I got stand, excuse me, sit, <laughs> stand to sign. <laughs> Whoa, that's hard to say.
0: So what con was that?
1: Uh, that was, oh, um, six, five or six years ago, Spokane, uh, in Washington, where I live, we had our first, um, Spokane con, uh, um, okay. outside of like Lilac city or that kind of thing. So they got Stan to go there. They got, um, a bunch of the cast from like original cartoons. So Samurai Jack was there. I want to mm-hmm. say, uh, the guy who was Emperor Pilaf from Dragon Ball, William Shatner was there. So this is pretty big people.
0: hmm so my first con was in, I think it was about 2013, 2014, uh, here in San Antonio, uh, San Ant- Alamo City Comic Con. And uh, it was my first experience there. I was actually working it there for the comic book store I work for every now and then. And um, they gave us breaks here and there. And so I started wandering, but I knew John Burkthal was coming. And uh, oh. uh, a while back we had at the comic book shop, we had um, – I think it's Mike Choi. He was an artist who did a Tim Duncan cover with the Punisher in the background. So you got, you got Tim Duncan holding the keys like this, handing it to the Punisher and um, and you got the car in the background. And the cool thing about that was that um, Tim Duncan actually created the car from his blackjack speech shop. And, oh. and we got people to come out and check it out. And then eventually it got auctioned off for charity, but um, he actually signed 40 copies of those of those uh variants. Um and I made sure I, I, I ended up getting one. I didn't get Tim Duncan to sign it, but I did get Mike Choi to sign it. And um when we when I went to that con, they had John Burktal there. He was officially Punisher. And I was like, you know what? I need him to sign this comic. So the only only signature I'm missing right now is Tim Duncan. So I don't know if I'll ever get to meet him or what. Or, you know, I hear sometimes he's kind of He's kind of wanting to be personal. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is fair. You know, I wouldn't want a whole bunch of people coming up to me either. But um, <laughs> that was like my favorite comic cover variant for the longest time. Yes. And it's actually a really good segue for what we're going to talk about today is, is um, variants. So, but before we get to uh, talking about the variants, we want to thank our friends over at Walto's Scrapyard for sponsoring this episode of Collecting Comics and you said you've never used them right but you had some ideas for for uh, some stuff that you're wanting to get done with them
1: i have not i know that they do like 3d printed parts um it, like some really beautiful sculpts uh, that collecting weekly has showed off multiple times um through the main channel with zach but there's some custom heads i would really love to have like made uh, i'm a big metal gear solid fan and they the you know, hot toys only made one metal gear solid technically toy and it was mm-hmm. uh Naked snake, and I would really love to have like a Metal Gear Solid One kind of like polygoned snake to ha- just have in my collection, mm-hmm. um, which regrettably is not behind me today, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll see it. So I would love to have something like that done.
0: I'm just now getting into hot toys. Uh, my first hot toy was uh, the uh, life size baby group from Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy Volume 2. And back then, I didn't really know what hot toys was. But all I knew was I wanted that Baby Groot because Baby Groot was one of my favorite characters. And uh, so I was able to get that. And then um, earlier this year, I was able to get the Unleashed version of Iron Man from Zach. So um, he posted that. I was like, man, I really want an Iron Man uh, hot toy. And that's when I was kind of making my decisions because I was collecting legends at the time. And um, we ended up. Uh, I ended up starting to sell a lot of them and then that popped up and uh, I had to jump on it. And uh, so that was my first Iron Man hot toy. So, but now, oh man, I got so much on, on pre-order. Um, I got the Thanos from In game on layway right now. So I'm paying that off um, in October. I should be getting, Oh, you know what else is uh Hopefully this month I'll be getting uh, the Hawkeye Ronin deluxe. um and not yeah i'm excited for that one a lot of people weren't too excited about that but i know i know ronan didn't really have a a huge part but i still like what what little bit he did do and then i thought i liked uh i liked how he came back in the final battle and was kind of doing his thing that way but um also the um the iron patriot and then a thanos statue coming and then next year I got the Battle Damage Thanos and the Battle Damage – or the uh, – yeah, the Battle Damage Thanos and the Battle Damage uh, Iron Man coming next year.
1: And in between there, who knows what I'm
0: getting watching the, watching a Sideshow's con. I'm oh, like, man, man, there's so much more stuff I want to get. The cable they just put out. I had the Toys oh, era cable.
1: Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, it looks really good. And then I saw the Hot Toys cable and I was like, people are talking about the face and lower jaw. I don't even care. It looks so good. I mean, heads are one of the best things that you can replace on anything. Wattos, hey, go print your own, paint it, you know. Uh, but oh, it looks so good.
0: Okay, but today we're here to talk about talk about variants. So um, with variants, a lot of times you want to be really careful because you can find yourself down a rabbit hole really, really quick. Um, from my experience of working at a comic book store, people have a hard time identifying What variants are, or if it's a second printing, if it's a a blank cover, or even a retailer exclusives, they wonder why some of these comic book covers are so expensive now. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit, but when it comes to variants, I would say just be careful. Uh, You know, you want to uh, pick something that you actually like. I wouldn't pick up a variant just to pick it up. Uh, I found myself almost doing that where. I would get the main cover and the variant, and now you got doubles. So, what would you say the variant is?
1: Uh, I normally the variant is just a, a different perspective on art, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was the kind of guy that would walk into the comic book shop and I'd be reading a series, and I would just grab the one that was most aesthetically pleasing to me. If there was a variant mm-hmm. cover. Um, collecting is kind of one of those fickle things to where if you know what you're looking for and you're looking for those exclusive runs to where, you know, a comic shop only has 10, 20, 30, 50 or whatever, you know, the, those guys are always in their first day when those comics get the shelf and they're like, Hey, I'll buy this, 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 and this. And then you get there and you're like, Oh man, I don't know. But I, I always just kind of rule of thumb. If I was buying a variant, it was just for my myself usually.
0: And yeah. And then, and typically that's what you should do because I mean, in the example of even like Marvel, Uh, they put out so many variants and, and, and people think like, Hey, this is going to be worth a lot of money later. Well, maybe not. I mean, it depends on what you're buying. I mean, if you're just picking up the cover, the cover price variant every now and then you could see it boost up 10, 15, $20. If it's a really popular one, then you might see it go up to 50, a hundred, but it's only short. It's pretty short lived. Like those come down pretty quickly unless it's like a retailer exclusive.
1: I think the other thing, too, uh, with the Marvel movies that have, you know, happened over the last, what, 10, 15 years, um, mm-hmm. the uptrend in comics, too, has been, like, whose character's movies coming out? Black Panther, Thor, that right. kind of thing. Right? So that always sparks new interest. Oh, hey, I want to sign this or sign
0: that. or. The speculators. Yeah. Yeah, there was a guy who would come into the shop, and he was a, he's a huge celebrity fan, and uh, he would come in, and he would pick up all of the um, – like the uh, the celebrity covers, I guess. So, like for Star Wars is a good example. Marvel Star Wars came out with their celebrity covers of like uh, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker from different scenes in the movies, and he'd just pick them all up and they'd go get them all signed and graded. And uh, that's kind of what he did. But you know, there are just those collectors who who will pick up the comic book for the cover or because they just appreciate the the art that much or the artist that much. Totally. I think I think one of the big artists out there right now is um, Art Germ, and a lot of people like to flock to his stuff, and it's just yeah. crazy what what he can do. Yes, mine. Are,
1: some of my favorite covers. I think John Romita Jr. does a great job mm. of covers, kind of in the past. Frank Miller's big, like dark, gritty colors. Some of my favorite.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I I definitely gravitate towards uh, Alex Ross a lot because I like his take. I like his take on how he can make. Uh, classic looking characters from the from like back in the 70s and 80s look so lifelike and they're in their original costumes and stuff and uh, uh i I really like I really like a lot of his work but his stuff just gets so expensive uh, for a while there I was getting the uh, immortal Hulk issues and I was so happy that he was the artist on that and I was like these are these are uh cover price mm-hmm. but um so those are co- those are some of the examples so you got cover price you got Retailer exclusive, uh, exclusives and all of those get broken down into ratios on how many uh, each comic book store gets. And then you got blank covers, uh, virgin covers, which we won't have an example of that, but I can describe it really quick. So, uh, a virgin cover would be like uh, a main cover of a comic book, but take away the barcode, take away the title and all the other markings with the wording and stuff, and that's like a virgin. That that's what they call a virgin cover.
1: Virgin cover is more of like a proof art in, in some ways. Almost. Yeah. Like a litho
0: almost. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, second printings and how those could be variants and how they're different and stuff like that. So the first example that we have is this. So this is a secret empire issue number six, and we have the cover price uh, variant next to it. it. It's a, I really enjoyed this series, but I also really enjoyed their cover art for the variants because the whole premise behind the story was that, uh, Hydra was kind of sneaking in and turning some of the heroes to their side. And we'll go over that a little bit more later. Cause that's one of the books we're going to talk about. But, um, this particular issue of issue number six is actually almost like a silhouette of star Lord. And he has the Hydra symbol on his chest and, uh, it's kind of gritty and, and, uh, looks pretty dark, but what's what they do a lot now is they'll, they'll mark variant on their books. And, uh, but sometimes you run into some variants that you don't really have that option of seeing if it's a variant or not. So there's some different ways you have to, um, you have to figure it out. So the the first thing we're gonna go over is the barcode. That's probably the easiest way you could figure out if it's a variant. So if you could see the barcode here, it says 0061 on the top, right? And and then it has one other number to the right-hand side. Uh, That number I can't really identify too often. Sometimes it identifies a second printing, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way you could identify this is like this. So the first three numbers are going to be the issue number. So in our case, 006 is issue number six of this Secret Empire book. Then you move over to that, uh, that fourth number. That fourth number will tell you if it's a variant or not. So if you, if you can see that um, the, uh, the barcode on the top, it's actually as a one. That identifies it as a main cover. So if you see that one there, that's a main cover. Anything past that, a two, three, four, five, six, seven, um, that will indicate what variant it is. And in the example of like a uh, an indie book, an indie book, they have multiple variants. They'll have that one cover price, but then they'll also um, commission other artists to do multiple variants to give you an option. So, I mean, they've gone up all the way to 9s, 10s sometimes, um, and there's just different ways to identify it that way. But um, in our case here, it says 001, so that's the main cover, but on the second barcode, it says 0064. So this is the fourth cover in the line of variants for this series. And that's probably the easiest way you could figure out if it's a variant, because that fourth number is always going to be a one. If it's the main cover, anything past that is a variant. And, uh, so that's a, that's one easy way of determining whether it's a variant or not. Have you ever, have you ever used the barcode like that before? Or?
1: I, I, uh, I knew that it was a thing, but I didn't really know how to identify it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is if you if you're confused about it, you can always ask your local comic book shop owner. They're obviously going to know the ins and outs of that. Um, how do you know uh, which which cover art to buy if you're collecting, Sean? What what are some things to look for besides just the artist and covers? But like uh, in that example, so there maybe at least four of that cover for the um, the Secret Empires. Wh- which character do you choose, or how do you pick the background art for collecting?
0: For me. It was completely by if I like the art. If I didn't like the art, and I, I would suggest this to anybody, if, if you don't like the art, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Just go with the main cover. Uh, for me personally, I'd rather have the main cover of a book than, um, than a variant. The, uh, the only time where I don't mind buying a variant is if I need a double of that book as a placeholder in my overall collection. So there's a I have quite a few CGC books and if I could help it, I'll find a second copy of it and if I can't, I'll buy a variant of it or a second printing of it just so that the um the continuity of the numbering is the same in the box. So oh. yeah, so a, a, an example for that was um Thanos number 13 the first appearance of Cosmic Ghost Rider. I okay. got that graded and there was a missing spot in that series because I got it graded. I don't can't put my CGC books with that, so um, I eventually ended up buying a second printing of it, and uh, that's like my placeholder to uh, be able to uh, make sure that I have every single issue in in continuity. And that's just that's my little nitpick. Other than that, I mean, if you like the artists, if, if there are some comic book collectors out there who who would much rather just. Collect the art, so they yeah. buying the book is is kind of a bonus. But really, they just kind of display the art, and that's where you get um, collectors who go into like lithographs or even what we were just talking about with like statues and hot toys. You know, they'll they'll go that route because they appreciate the art more than just rather reading the book. The next thing that we're gonna talk about is uh, retailer exclusives. So we have two copies of Tony Stark, Iron Man number one here, and your cover price would be the one that's just on the shelf sitting there for whatever it's worth. I think this one's like $4.99, $5.99, something like that. But okay. um, retailers will get incentives for the number of books that they buy from Diamond. Diamond is the probably the main per, uh, supplier of comic books for comic book stores. Uh, DC actually just kind of went away from that. I can't remember the – do you do you remember what company they went to? Did you know
1: Ooh, I I, hmm, I know they're I think toys. they were like
0: Midtown. They might have I, I think they might have gone to Midtown. I'm not sure. But um but Diamond will give them uh, an incentive, and this is what that book is. So you see this Tony Stark Iron Man number one is a completely different cover than the than the one that that's on the screen. But uh, this one is actually done by Alex Ross. And we were talking a little bit about artists and, and the variants. And this is why I love Alex Ross, because this is the classic Iron Man for me. Iron Man's my favorite character. And the yeah. fact that I could see him zooming through like that, it was just that much more incentive for me to buy this. So in the case of this Iron Man number one, that's why I bought it, it was because, uh, because it was one, Alex Ross, and two, it was a classic style Iron Man. But um, so, what comic book stores will do is, or what Diamond will tell them to do is, if you buy so many of these books, we'll give you one to every 10. And in this case, for every 10 issues of Tony Stark Iron Man that you buy, you'll get a, a retailer exclusive variant. And it's done by a different artist. And as you buy more issues you get a better variant so this tony stark iron man is a 1 in 50 okay and what that what that means is for every 50 books of the original copy that they buy they will get one copy of this alex ross iron man tony stark iron man issue and um this is where a lot of collectors get in trouble too, because they're like, oh, this this issue's coming coming out, and I want this one, and I want that one, and that one, and that one, and then before they know it, they have over a hundred dollars worth of variants in their boxes, and for some people, that could be a real issue. <laughs>
1: yes. I I have a question, mm-hmm. uh, because it's something I actually don't know. Do they release ahead of time what the variant covers are going to be to the public, or is that something you find in shop?
0: So, like you said before, your your comic book. Um, associate uh, worker at the shop is your best resource. Don't be afraid to talk to them. They could show you, they could actually pull up the website and, and show you which variants are coming out and uh, how they get priced and things like it varies. It typically varies from shop to shop, but a lot of times with the, um, with the retailer exclusives, they're already kind of set prices. An option that you do have is uh, previews. So DC, Marvel, each come out with their own, uh, preview every now and then, uh, Marvel more. So, uh, they come out about monthly and, um, there's a bigger book released by diamond called the previews book. And it's a really, it's like a thick encyclopedia of toys, figures, statues, accessories, um, little knickknacks, and then comics that are coming out and they'll list these books in there. So, Um, typically that's about two months in advance that you have to figure it out before it drops. But then there's also numerous uh, resources online. So if you're, if you follow a certain artist, they might drop it. Uh, There's other websites uh, that will feature these books when they get announced. So really it's a matter of Googling. um, And then also just go into your comic book store, see if they have that Marvel preview or the previews book and kind of flipping through there and, uh, the great thing is, at least at the shop that I work at, um, you can talk to us about it, say, hey, I want this book. Okay. So then you would uh, pre order it. And then when it comes out, we'll make sure we reserve that copy for you.
1: So can you reserve, excuse me, <clears throat> can you reserve the, the 1 to 100 issue the, or the 1 to 50 issue just depending on the stock that they're ordering? Or is that like it, a first reserve?
0: It's both. It's a definitely a first come, first serve, but it really depends on if your shop it orders that many issues. So I go to a shop up in um, San Marcos called uh, uh, It's called uh, Comic Relief, and it's a mom and pop shop. It's super small. You walk in there, you could see the back wall when you open the door. Uh, they don't have the uh, space to order 100 copies of this number one or the clientele to be able to, uh, sell enough of those to get that, that one in 100. Um, in the case of where I work at heroes and fantasies, we have, um, we have lots of subscribers and we were able to, um, order that many because of how many people that we have coming into the shop every day. And, uh, and, it it just kind of really depends. We it, you got to pick and choose because you don't want to order too much of a book that doesn't sell that much, and then you kind of lose out on uh, on the variant there. But it really just depends on the stock and how much each shop orders. Like, each shop is going to be different. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, this is this is actually if I ever go and see uh, Alex Ross that's going to be the uh, book I get signed for sure. Um, another example of a variant are blank covers. So the cool thing about blank covers is, you know, a lot of people will just collect them, but you take it to an artist and you work out whatever the deal is and uh, what you want on the cover and they'll draw it for you. So this one was actually done by a friend of mine, uh, a Rocky Red, a Wedrock. And I just kind of had this funny idea of a Deadpool in an Iron Man suit, uh, just kind of trolling Tony a little bit. And uh, that's what we came up with. Um, as you start running into well-known artists, they'll start charging more and more and more and more. And, and some will only do maybe like, like a bust shot or a headshot shot of, of a character for a certain price, uh, price point. But um, he was an up-and-coming uh, art, artist, and he's a friend of mine. And I helped him out, and he helped me out with this. But um, these these uh, blank covers are cool too, because if you're into drawing yourself, or if you're into trying to be an artist, you know this is your shot at putting your name on that. Uh, the the tricky part though is, do you get it graded? You know, mm-hmm. and and, uh, the, the, uh, the tricky part on that is, you know, you have to have a CGC witness person there to do that. You know, this would be a great way for, if I would have gotten this graded, it would have been a great way to get his name into the, into the system. But, um, I, I chose not to in this case, but, uh, and and for some artists, you know, they'll they oh, you're gonna get this graded. Well, okay, well, it's gonna be another ten dollars. <laughs> you know, it just kind of depends on, on who you run into and who you want to to do your art. But um, do you have any do you have any uh, blank covers that you had an artist do anything on?
1: I do not. Um, I was gonna say we uh, at my at my comic book shop, the, the same guy owns like the core three in Spokane, because Spokane's big, but it's not super big. So he has one in each of the different uh, parts of the city. And at the main shop that mostly sells comics or, like, um, older um, oh man, struggling for words today, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, like, a bunch of the blank comics kind of behind the counter. Uh, and they're kind of – you know, who, who did the art for it? And it's kind of, like, labeled and stuff. So uh, I've yeah. definitely seen it, but I don't personally own one yet.
0: Yeah. Um, I I own a few. But the hard part is, you know – when can you get to a con? How do you run into these artists? You know, sometimes, um, obviously not this year because of the pandemic, but during Free Comic Book Day, you get a lot of local artists that will show up to your shops and stuff, and they'll 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 do great deals on 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 uh, art for you. But um, uh, the next type of variant we're actually going to talk about are second printings. So a second printing is basically just a reproduction of the original uh, main cover, and there's just little little nuances in there that, that might change. So in this case, we have uh, Legendary Star-Lord, and it's part of the Black Vortex uh, storyline, which is a really great storyline, and it set up a lot of stuff for the Guardians of the Galaxy, especially Gamora um, in the last probably like five, six years. She gets this extra cosmic power because of the Black Vortex. And uh, basically what that does is it, you look into it, and it'll show you your best self. And um, Gamora went ahead and looked into it, and she became her best self, and she became even more dangerous than she already is. Um um, the, the issue for her, though, is that it started draining over the years and stuff. And then she came back to be regular Gamora. And ever since she lost that power, she was kind of she's a little bit off. And then that's kind of where you run into the storyline for um, Infinity Wars. Yeah. And uh, that's where she goes a little bit crazy and some other crazy stuff happened. But so on this on this particular issue of Legendary Star-Lord, what what producers will do or um, the production companies will do is they'll notice that hey, these comic book stores are trying to order more of these issues and they really want a next another copy of this so they can kind of continue selling it. Not everybody was able to get it. Sometimes you get books that are short printed and they'll come out with a, a, a second printing. But a, a good way of identifying a second print is going in just looking at the cover. Sometimes it will say second print. And in the case of this book, it says second printing ju- uh, just below the number. And um again you could reference you could reference the barcode. And this one's a little bit different. So this one says 00912. So that fourth number is also a one. And I know what I said before was that you know that one means that it's a main cover, but I think in this case, that last number at the two represents a uh, a second printing. It's not always like that. I wouldn't bank on that, but you kind of got, got to just follow stuff.
1: They changed the color a little bit, kind of the color palette on the top, it looks like from blue to green. or from- Right,
0: and and that's kind of how they uh, differentiate if it. It feels like a, uh, a main cover or a second printing or a different variant. Um, but what they've done recently for for second printings is they'll, they'll just get a whole new artist on it, and they'll just do a brand new cover, and it just becomes a second printing variant. Or wow. what they'll do is they'll take they'll take this same picture of of Star Lord uh, pointing his gun at a um, at a uh, Kitty Pride there, and they might just change hit the color of his jacket or the color of the background to a, a black and white cover or or, or something like that. But um, in this case, asking your your comic book associate would be the the, the best. The best thing to do to determine whether it is—I hate when I don't pay attention. I buy a second printing.
1: Now let me let me ask you this: Is there an instance where the second printing becomes more valuable than the original printing, or have you ever seen that? Yes,
0: I. Uh, you know a really great example of that, and it's it's very relevant right now because of the Venom movies that are being announced. Is um the second printing of the first appearance of Carnage, and all they did to that is instead of your Instead of your white uh, white background that it has, they made it silver. And in a lot in certain instances, those variants or those second printings are worth even more uh, than the their main covers. And that's where it gets tricky too, with with buying variants and things like that. Because if you're into it for for the flipping, you a lot of times you don't end up on top on that.
1: That's why we have the uh, the bins that you can go through when you get there, right? Exactly. Secondary bins for things that don't sell, or not necessarily don't sell, but that are less desirable. Cover art. Yeah, our- you know
0: those those dollar bins really come in handy with filling in collections every now and then and stuff. And then you run into like a uh, like an oddity. You find one of those old '90s books or old '80s books that are kind of like, hey, this is a really cool cover, you know? Yeah. We want to thank our friends over at Walto Scrapyard for sponsoring this week's episode of Collecting Comics. You can find them on Instagram at Walto Scrapyard and on Facebook and eBay. They make 3D printed parts for hard to come by Kenner and Hasbro vehicles, as well as resin printed head sculpts for dozens of different characters in the Star Wars universe. If you don't see a character that you like on their Instagram, send them a message and they can get it designed and printed for a reasonable fee and that's probably Man, i I, i'm not looking forward going down that rabbit hole of you know what i need this head sculpt for this character i need you know like there's. it's (laughs) it's it's my wife would kill me
1: (laughs) it's a steep slope especially when you start getting into customs so that's kind of where i'm at with my collection is that like if, if there's a core figure i want but there's like one or two things i want to change on it you know i'm gonna buy a custom head or like a custom cape or something they they normally are super expensive but what i've seen from wattos is that they're decently priced versus Uh that like oh hey i bought this from some other design company it's like 300 bucks but it's you know this super rare really good sculpt it just eh, it kind of just depends
0: yeah it's it's hard enough for me right now to go ahead and uh Just convince her to, Hey, let me get this hot toy. It's only $350.
1: (laughs) It's funny because the memes that you see on Facebook or the other groups that are so true of like, Hey, I bought this. Did you tell your wife? Not yet.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny seeing some of these, uh, some of these people on, on like the sideshow sites and they're like, I just went through all of my pre-orders that I have coming within the next three months. Why do I do this to myself? My wife is going to kill me. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And, but you know, for the longest time, that's kind of what it was for me with the comics too. You know, I'd be like, Hey, can I get this really expensive comic book? She's like, can you wait till next month? I'm like, it's kind of a time sensitive thing. If I wait, it's going to be gone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, that's the
1: biggest thing I've noticed. the The collecting market for toys has really started the upswing, and I don't know if it's due to like resale on secondary market because it seems mm-hmm. like any hot toys that launch is just starts going up in price for the most part. Mm-hmm. But all all the toys, if like if you miss out on it, they especially like name brand hot toys, it's it's more expensive to buy it later.
0: Well, and when I was originally searching out hot toys and kind of figuring out what I like and. Like what? What I wanted to do with it, I always ran into the Mark, the Mark Forty Six Iron Man from Civil War, and I was yeah. like, that was the coolest Iron Man I've ever seen up until the Mark Eighty Five came out, and then I kind of switched. But um, seeing that Mark Forty Six in uh, in in Hot Toy form was crazy for me, and one of my favorite scenes from the movies and comic books. Is that issue number six of um Civil War where, where Iron Man and Cap are fighting and he's shooting the beam at him. Yeah, exactly. And then when they when they recreated that in Captain America Civil War, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh man. So after I finish up my in-game stuff, that might be my next go. <laughs>
1: especially like uh, you see the guys with the big glass cases and they have like the diorama setups. So it's like mm-hmm. cap, energy effects, secondhand and the effects you can buy.
0: Looks yeah. so great. And my, my whole reasoning behind going, going to hot toys was so I could have a statement piece, you know, it's like one figure, two figures that will make a, a nice like diorama set and be like, you know what? That was a great part in that movie. And I really appreciated it. You know, the, the thing I ran into with the legends was that they were all just kind of like standing there, you know, like soldiers. I was like, well, mm-hmm. I have like hundreds of them and now I can't really do much.
1: That's a, uh, I bought a secondary base. Here. I was looking at my toys up here, mm-hmm. uh, a secondary base in my room for the, the witcher, the girl figure that came out uh, mm-hmm. the first one that kind of looks more accurate, but they, the uh, red Sonya had this base with like a dragon on it. It's got like all these rocks and like, uh, you could buy them secondary market and they were really cheap. So I bought one and I put it with my Geralt and the amount of shelf presence that it brings alone is you just walk in the room. And it's the first thing you see. And with the Witcher blowing up, it's like, Oh, that's Geralt. Oh, that's cool. It's dragon. Yeah. It's really like talking points. So I can only imagine, especially when you get your Thanoses. Yeah, oh, so uh, big and they're so detailed. They're going to look great.
0: I have the diamond select, Thanos statue where he's holding the cosmic cube like this and he's smiling and then I checked out the um, the the hot toy uh, in game Thanos with the infinity gauntlet and the interchangeable hand and stuff and I was yeah. like my god this thing is just as big as that statue I don't know if I'm going to have room
1: <laughs> yes there are some big toys yeah. I had the second Hulk that came out with the longer pants oh, and it was yeah. just like I couldn't put it on my shelf because it was too big. I need like 18 or 16 inches to display
0: it. Is that the, uh, from age of Ultron?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. I had I, the
1: entire line at one point.
0: If I can pick up that age of Ultron Hulk, that was one of my favorites, but then it's like you buy that one and then you have to get the Buster, Right. <laughs> That's my reasoning.
1: Man, that's some of some of the bigger toys. Because I'm a Metal Gear fan, we've already talked about that. Yeah. But uh, um, three zero made uh, Metal Gears are like giant robots in the game, so they made these like one twenty fifth scale, but they're like twenty four, twenty five inches. And then they made both like Metal Gear Solid Ray and Metal Gear Rex, and I really want to buy both and make a coffee table out of it because just how how solidly big they are.
0: So. So the last couple of things that you could figure out to a way to make sure that you have a main cover or variant and DC did a really good job at this um, with their rebirth line. They came out with two variants or I'm sorry, they came out with a main cover and a variant and then every now and then they um, they would drop like a, a retailer exclusive. And oh. that was one thing that I thought was really cool that DC did was like, you know, we, we have cover a, we have cover B and that's uh, that's what indie books do too. They have A, B, C, D, E covers and it's like, pick one or the other, or get the uh, get the uh, retailer exclusive. You know, I remember when I got into comics uh, secret Imp. No, what was it? Secret Wars. Yeah. Secret Wars was just dropping. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to dive into it hard I'm going to get every title, but they had so many titles, so many variants that it would fill up entire first week walls, you know, at comic book shops they had, it was just insane that, that storyline. And then, so now I have a a short box in the closet full of secret wars, um, books that I don't even touch anymore. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with it?
1: That, That was the, uh, the age of Ultron that came out, um, they did a bunch of cover A, cover B's for like almost mm-hmm. every issue. So especially with the the Galactus at the end, where they uh, Ultron like kills him, they get all the Galactus bots. There was like mm-hmm. I remember seeing uh, one where it's like, uh,
0: oh, I'll see if I can find the photo. But yeah, okay. um, the the uh, another thing you could do though to uh, to identify a variant is you know, ask your associate if you, if it's in a bag and board, if you could open it up, which I think that's where you kind of run into this in most cases is you, you don't know if it's a a variant or a second printing when it's in the bag and board in the back issues, you know, and uh, just opening up that first page and looking at the credits, a lot of times it'll tell you if it's a second print or if it's a variant or what variant it is, ABCD, you know, Um, do you have anything to say on variants or anything like that? I mean,
1: no, uh like I'll just piggyback off what I said earlier. The it's the the time when I buy variants is when I'm looking at the covers and I'm like, man, that one's cool. So 'cause uh yeah. for me, if I'm reading a series and then if I'm not gonna put it in my long box, it's just kind of something I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I it's gonna go at some point. So I'd rather have a cool cover that maybe I could make a collage out of or end up cutting out and like making like a Modge Podge, which some of the collectors out there are cringing right now but.
0: <laughs> you know you you know I almost fell down that rabbit hole of getting the connecting covers mm. that, oh. and and it just makes it makes it look so nice and that's another example too where they'll come out with like a, a variant that you connect and make this big collage of, of something and then um, and then they'll have another version of it that are virgin covers which are the covers that we talked about where, where there's no words, there's no writing. It's just the picture. It's yep. just the art. And uh, typically those go for a lot more, but I was like, you know what? Stop, stop.
1: <laughs> well, it, it makes me think of the, I don't know if you do manga at all, but normally on manga, they have like, it says like number one and then it has a character's face. And then it's kind of, like, yes. and then by the time you get to 20, it's made like a collage or picture that kind of all intertwined. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it makes me think of, but
0: yeah. What, what uh? What manga are you thinking of specifically?
1: Uh, I was thinking of Bleach because there's uh, yep. they kind of each turn or like you'll see part of a sword in one person's thing. So when you have it on your shelf and you're looking at it, it all is, it's all cohesive and blends together. I think Naruto yeah. does it too. Yep.
0: Uh, Pokemon too. I think. I think Pokemon did it. I think. Um, what's another one? I don't think Attack on Titan did it. But their their side art looks really good. I do like how Dragon Ball just did super made it super simple and they just kind of used the Dragon Balls to kind of yeah, to kind of to progress Dragon the Ball. books. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, you know, if if you want to buy a variant, you know, you should really only do it under these circumstances. One you like the artist, you follow the artist, then it makes a lot of sense, you know. If it's your favorite artist and you have to have it, then of course, you know, go for that variant edition. Uh, just be careful when you get into those retailer exclusives because those those can put a, a dent in your wallet for sure. Um, yes. I think the next the next reason why you do that is just loving the art, you know. Yes. If 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 that cover, in a lot of instances, that's what happens too, because even in like the the DC stuff the cover art on the variant was sometimes even better than the main cover. You know, uh, I think uh, there's a few Batman issues. I think, you know, I think of Batman issue number 50, the wedding. And um, it was a retailer exclusive, but it was a picture of Catwoman. And I can't remember. I think it was Catwoman and Batman or it was just Catwoman, but the the rain was falling down and they were kind of forehead to forehead. And the cool thing was, uh, with the black and white version of it, just like the sketch cover version of it, mm-hmm. it you couldn't really tell if it was rain or if it was tears. Oh. So like you would see the teardrop, or you'd see the rain coming from the top. But then when it was hitting her face, she was kind of looking down, and you would just kind of see a couple of tears kind of coming down down her eyes and stuff. But with the with the regular version of it, you could clearly tell it was. It was um, it was rain, but that was I thought that was a really good example of you know the uh, symbolism of what was about to happen uh, in that issue. Did you ever did you ever read the Batman series that that I, Batman series?
1: Not that one specifically, no. But I, I think I've seen the art that you're talking about. Uh, it sounds really familiar.
0: Yeah, that I mean, I, I've said it in previous episodes. I'm basically a hundred percent Marvel. I think there's less than one percent of my books that are in ddc and uh that batman storyline not even really the de- uh, the detective uh storyline but just that batman storyline was one of the best book uh series that i ever read for uh from that rebirth line uh started out a little bit slow but then by the time it hit issue like 15 through 20 20 to 30 they had um uh, the button issues that came out and uh and then they eventually went into um with the, uh, with the Watchmen and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, it was just such a great read and that was, that would probably be the one DC book that I would plug.
1: <laughs> I think mine. And I just Googled it here for those of you watching. Um, Cause I want the artist is that the kingdom come from DC. It's an older mm-hmm. book, but Alex Ross did the art for it. And he reimagined like all the superheroes is a little older and it's kind of like super gritty. And like what's happened uh, as these heroes have progressed towards their elder days, And uh, the big thing that I think of is there's this shot of green lantern and he's sitting on a throne in this like citadel that is made of all of his uh, willpower energy. And he's just like staring at the earth as he like rotates
0: around it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of our talk on, on variants today. So use your comic book uh, associates to help you figure out which comic you, uh, comic is right for you. Um, Use that barcode. Remember those first three numbers and uh, DC kind of broke the rules on this when they hit detectives and action comics 1000. They added, added, number, uh, added an extra number to it for the 1000. But uh, those first three numbers, the uh, 009 in the case of uh, the legendary Star Wars, that's the, the issue number, that middle number, uh, that fourth number in the line of the barcode. It's this, and I should mention that it's the smaller barcode, so um, you know, you get, the, you get that main barcode that's always scanned, but it's that smaller barcode. Uh, with the fourth number anything past one so you see a two a three a four that's gonna be a variant and uh, the way to identify which variant it is is if it how it falls in line so uh number two is variant number two or, or it's really variant number one but it's like the second uh, second version of that book uh, three it's the next it's the next variant over and it really doesn't matter it just kind of your preference. If you'd rather take, uh, the variant number three over variant number two, cause you like the artwork better than just do it. So now we're going to take some time because one thing I really want to do on this podcast is, is help you figure out what, what books are right for you. And so what we'll do is we'll take a few minutes to talk about two of our favorite books that we like that might get you started into comics and, uh, a, a starting spot Uh, My recommendation is typically to buy a trade paperback of a series and see if you like that series. Um, On top of that, buying uh, a series that has multiple characters. So, uh, in one of the first uh, episodes, I talked about Age of Ultron and Civil War. You know, you get a whole host of characters. And you kind of see how they interact with each other. Then you're like, you know what? I really like what happened here. So let me go check out this guy. So um, Cody, I believe you're up. You're talking about Neil Gaiman's Sandman.
1: Yes. Uh, The the first volume is called Preludes and Nocturnes. It's a a darker comic um, made by – association with DC and uh, published by Vertigo. And uh, Neil Gaiman, big fantasy author – uh, he's done a, a lot of really good work. The audiobook just came out. Uh, there's a whole audio drama that launched on Audible and they're making a Netflix series so definitely the time to jump on board if you're you know big into those kind of things or you know big um, occult things And that's kind of kind of where we're, we're gonna start off is it, it takes place as this uh, cult is trying to summon death uh, so that they can trap death and make a deal with him and they're like, hey, uh, we're gonna summon you. You're gonna give us immortality, so I can live forever. Uh, come to find out, th- what they summon is actually uh, Dream, who is our main antagonist. And each of the different Indolus, uh, as they call them, are like aspects. So you have like Destiny, Death, um, I think, Greed, Lust, uh, and Dream. So he ends up getting trapped and just kind of waiting. So he—it's about his uh, his life, and then it, it ties in. Uh, a bunch of kind of the older DC comics. So you see like the original Sandman, he's got like a gas mask and it's like the 50s and he's like putting people to sleep with this gas mask on. Uh, You get to meet John Constantine um, as Dream kind of starts to regain his power after he breaks loose of his imprisonment. Um, You go to hell, like a bunch of other different places. It's really cool Mm -hmm. and kind of super intense.
0: So did, did you ever pick up the uh, the new Sandman storylines that ca- that came out of D.C. just recently? Or
1: I, I'm ashamed to say I have not. Um, it's something that's on my list to get to. Uh, I watched uh, a video online. I think Variant, one of the other YouTube channels um, that I used to watch, um, did a whole cover on it. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Nice. So uh, I'm up with Guardians of the Galaxy. And... I have to hand it to guardians of the galaxy, the movie. Uh, it, it really got me into the comic books what I, what I always say is Iron Man number one, uh, Iron Man, the first, uh, the 08, uh, movie got me into the Marvel characters and the superheroes. Cause before then I was never the closest thing I got to uh, superheroes was uh, power Rangers back in the, back in the good old days. And, um, from there, I really never got into it until I saw Iron Man, and then it, I just fell in love with the character, and it really got me into the superheroes, but it wasn't until Guardians of the Galaxy came out where I was like, you know what? I think I might want to explore comic books, and uh, just a little uh, personal thing from me is uh, I have dyslexia. I'm dyslexic, right? So reading reading was never my big my big thing. And I always had to figure out creative ways to read. So um, this was just another avenue for me to go down to to keep me reading. And I picked up this Guardians of the Galaxy series uh, probably about halfway through the series. And I had no idea what I was doing. I ended up learning that there was different, there was different Guardians of the Galaxy volumes and different characters that were original Guardians. And I really had to do a lot of research on it, but um, this is guardians of the galaxy volume three and it follows star Lord at the beginning. And he has some, uh, some daddy issues and his dad comes back into the fold and stuff and I'm trying to train him to become uh, king of Spartix uh, after, after his dad is when, whenever his dad decides to, to move on and um it this this point this point 1 issue that we have here kind of goes into the story of star lord and how he met his uh, how his dad met his mom and how everything happened and cra- his ship crash landing and then um the cool thing about the first issue is i have a second version of it it's the exact same book but it's signed by dave batista and and uh brian My- and brian michael bendez nice. so My goal for this book here is to get all of the Guardians to sign it. It has has Groot on the cover. It has Rocket, Gamora. It even has Iron Man on it. So that's also another reason I gravitated to it. And that was one of my favorite parts of of the book was just kind of the story where uh, Iron Man runs into the Guardians of the Galaxy out in space. And this was – I think this was after – after um, he became director of Shield, he kind of became the villain again, and then they are—he's—he's uh, kind of done with it, and he just leaves Earth. And that kind of uh, segued me into getting the Avengers books and the other Iron Man books that happened within that timeline to figure out, well, how did he go to uh, space? Why did he go to space and stuff? Right. And the fun thing about this series—it runs about. 25 issues, I think 24, 25 issues, and the fun thing about this book is there's so many crossovers. You get the trial of Jean Grey in there. Uh, Angela pops up. Uh, she used to be a um, she used to be a Spawn character. Her first appearances in Spawn issue number eight, I think, and um, because of what happens in uh, Age of Ultron with them going uh, back and forth into time they kind of start cracking the universe, if you will. And it pulls her in to the Marvel, the Marvel universe. And she kind of runs around, uh, runs around there, but um, it crosses over into the black vortex, which we were talking about how you look into the mirror and it shows you your best self. Um, and it just kind of goes on and on and on. It has some really great storylines. Original sin uh, had a couple storylines in there. Oh, um and that was that storyline was star lord richard rider nova and thanos get thrown onto this deserted planet and they just keep they keep killing thanos and he ends up in a different part of the uh i think i'm pretty sure it was thanos but he keeps ending up in different parts of the planet and then he's like you know what then i'll just do it and they're like no and then then they kill star lord and star lord comes back and stuff like that and uh, right. but I always recommend this volume 3 of Guardians of the Galaxy because it's what got me into comics oh yeah so a special place in my heart for that
1: Masters of Doom this is dare I say my favorite comic I've ever read so I as a kid started reading Fantastic Four because I too am dyslexic which I think is hilarious <laughs> that we haven't talked about that but I love it <laughs> Comics were like the big cure because the, it broke up all the dialogue and the lines. And it was easier to mm-hmm. read. But uh, Doctor Doom was always my favorite because in my mind, he's this misunderstood superhero who's trying to solve all of the world's problem by being a dictator. And uh, you'll see through like different comics and iterations like, yeah, he is kind of a bad guy sometimes. But when you look at Latveria, the country itself, he's like respected and loved, and there's this whole crossover with Doctor um, Strange, where he's like looking around all the people and like, oh, do they love him or do they fear him? And this little girl runs up and gives him roses, and Doctor Strange like is like using his mystic stuff to look at her, and he's like, these people actually adore this man, like he takes care of them. Uh, so Masters of Doom is about this huge just twist in general of, I kind of almost don't want to explain it because I don't want to destroy the illusion of the whole comic itself, but it's about Dr. Doom and how you feel like he's being manipulated the whole time, or is he the one manipulating, you know, how strong truly is he? How smart is he? How cunning? And at the end, you're left feeling this sense of awe as he walks away with essentially what is cosmic power and just kind of walks
0: off, back to his own world so uh, Uh, around when was that did that release because it sounds uh, a lot like secret wars like the 2015 secret wars let's take a look here i have it pulled up on amazon um i always just remember uh reading that secret wars being kind of like my introduction to the events and how um just like everything was thrown into hell and and uh Doctor Doom was kind of the manipulator, and all of this, and it just sounds so much like that. So I'm kind of curious how how it falls into continuity with everything else.
1: So it looks like it was published in 2009. Um, so it's a little bit of an older comic, and, and it, it, hmm. yeah, I don't know where it falls continuity wise. That's something yeah. we'll probably have to look into here. Uh, but if you' if you're looking for a trip uh, of a comic it's it's definitely
0: one with a bunch of mm-hmm. surprise twists and turns so the next book is mine and it is Secret Empire this storyline got so much hate uh, when it released because it's about Hydra cap you know and there were so that. many people upset that, that um, Captain America was made out to be a Hydra, a Hydra operative, and they were they like it made the book. The so this book I had to backtrack a little bit. So if you wanted the full story on this book, you have to go back like two miniseries. One was called Standoff, and it crossed it crossed different peoples, uh, different characters. Uh, books and it talked about this um, this little town called Pleasantville I think it was called and basically what they did is they transformed uh, the villains instead of throwing them into the prisons they transformed them and kind of manipulated their minds to being in a good old town where everybody's respectful and everybody's uh, doing their thing for society and, and things like that and this is where we kind of run into a character called Singularity who made her debut in uh, uh, a force in a force for um, secret, a uh, secret wars. And she basically, are you know, actually, I'm sorry, I'm getting it mixed up. She's actually the, 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 the carnation of the cosmic cube is what it is. Okay. So you, you're in this city and it's run by Shield, and it goes to hell, and you find out that Maria Hill's behind it, and all of this stuff starts happening. Well, um, at the time, Captain America is Old Man Cap, right? So he's going in there and he's trying to figure things out, and he gets um, caught up with uh, Crossbones, and Crossbones just beating him up crazy, right? And and the uh, the Cosmic Cube. Uh, she sees it. She sees it happening. And then I think the, the next page just kind of goes blank. And then you turn it, and then there's Captain America, all strong. He's He has a superhero serum again, but I think it was more like cosmic power. But we're not 100% sure at this time if he actually came out with just his real powers or if this is a different Captain America. So that story goes on, and then it releases uh, Steve Rogers, captain america and i think it was that first issue where at the very end he goes hell hydra and everybody got so pissed they were so upset that that uh marvel made captain america um a hydra agent right and the storyline just keeps going and keeps going and it basically ends up here at secret empire so Uh, uh, Hydra Cap took over with certain superheroes and certain villains and stuff and kind of gave them uh, their own worlds, like their own little uh, regions to rule over. Mm -hmm. And he made deals with Ultron. He made deals with um, Kingpin and stuff. And So Kingpin ends up taking over New York and puts this big dome over New York and I think it was uh, because of the power of the Scarlet Witch, and um, and it just kind of goes on, and the heroes are super confused because uh, there's a little in-game tease in there. Uh, also, kinds of steals from uh, it steals from um, Fear itself, okay. where where he picks up a uh, right? and yeah. uh, in the free Comic Book Day issue of that, he picks it up, and he's like, everybody's freaking out. They're like. How can he do this? He's a Hydra agent. And a lot of the the superheroes are like, if Captain America is Hydra and he's worthy, maybe this is just the route we're having to go down now. So you get these factions of superheroes who are uh, basically isolated, like they are killing off these superheroes. And then you got some of the heroes who are now following Cap's team in Hydra and they kind of go at it, and they do certain things and stuff that are out of character for them. But they're like, well, I mean, if Cap's worthy, then this is the way we go down. And it really sets the tone. This I feel like this this series here set it sets the tone for this uh, the events and the storylines we have now. You know, you you get uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man who has to make uh, some big decisions. And stuff. You get uh, some things that happen with Black Widow that kind of takes her out of the fold for a little bit, and then, um, and then, uh, and then uh, in Secret Us, uh, what is it? A uh, Secret War? No, yeah, Secret Wars. She kind of comes back with with some uh, some other powers, and you're not quite sure how that happens. But this was one of my favorite storylines. A lot of people didn't like it, but it really fed Fits well into Marvel continuity, getting them forward in their storylines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you did you ever have a chance to read this book?
1: I it's again one of the things that's on my list uh, mm-hmm. because I've heard about it and I remember being on Comic Vine when the whole Hail Hydra thing came out. So I kind mm-hmm. of looked at it from an outside perspective, reading like synopsises and stuff like that. But I I really want to dig into it because the art looks really good, the story sounds really good.
0: <sighs> yeah. Awesome. So now we're actually going to go into a segment that we did last week, or not last week, but we did it uh, at the on the last show called Name That Comic. So Dan Lee commented on our last show on Name That Comic, and he called it out perfectly. It's Brute Force number one, and uh, basically this book is about some cybernetic animals. They are doing exper- uh, experiments on them, and it's a four-issue miniseries really really random book but it's just so abstract that i had to have it it's i mean you got this cybernetic dolphin that's running with a pistol and you got this kangaroo that's on some kind of like hopping vehicle and and stuff like that it's one of those books that's just really pulled out of nowhere and um that was the last shows um uh, that was the last shows name that comic so this week for name that comic we have this book right here, and for those of us, or for those of you who are just listening to this, get uh, please consider watching the video and checking out which uh, which book this is. So you got Storm, you got Drax, and you got Rocket, and I'll give you I'll give you a little hint, uh, and with this hint, I'm going to challenge you with something else. We talked about this book sometime during this show. But now that I gave you, now that I gave you this hint, I want you to tell me the issue number and what book it is. What what book you think it is?
1: Zach, I I would earn. Sorry, I'm so sorry, Sean. I just
0: called you. Zach. <laughs> oh no, That's our fearless leader. Our fearless leader
1: <laughs> Zach. Uh, I was going to see I think that if we have like a, a running person every week that submits first or is right first, we should see uh, if we can get them uh, maybe like some free stickers or something or some sort of prize down the line uh, depending on viewer participation but I think that would be fun what we'll that Zach about it That's where that Zach came
0: from. Yeah De- yeah that's definitely a Zach question but I'm hopefully that's where we're heading with this but it's it's kind of a fun thing just trying to identify some of these books again oh. if you think you know the issue number, and the book title of this of this particular book, uh, type it down in the in the comments below and uh, and let us know what you think. Also, I want to know what is your opinion on variants? Do you yeah. buy them? Do you not buy them? Why? What is your reasoning for buying variants? I want to see what you guys have to think about that. And uh, again, put it down in the comments below. And at this time, we would like to thank all of our Patreons for uh, helping support this channel and so, uh, support uh, collecting comics and collecting weekly and all of our shows that are on our network. So let's go ahead and give these guys a shout out. We'd like to thank Ben Porter, Griffin Campbell, Sean Fear, Ian Saby, Renee Mendez,
1: uh, Eric. Oh man, I'm gonna butcher this last name. Yeah. Marisol, Mar- Marisol is. I'm so sorry. I'll work on it. I promise.
0: Uh, Quinn Aguilar Ag- Aguilar, I guess maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm I'm not good at this either. <laughs> oh man, Jenny Lee. Uh, Dini Martin. Uh, Stephen Kurt. Jason Nelson. Big Fern. King Zachary the Fifth. Uh Cesar Marquin Eric Ruiz Mario Cortez Steven Percha Sean Yuse Scott Br- Brad- Scott Bradley sorry Scott yeah. Oh you're
1: Bradley.
0: fine uh, oh no and uh, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Contreras, I'll yeah, help you out on that sure one. Jesse, oh, yeah, we're really gonna have to talk Ooh. to Zach about this, <laughs> but we want to thank we want to thank all of our patreons for helping support the channels and collecting weekly network, and uh, we really appreciate you guys for taking the time to uh, listen to our content. And uh, we really, again, we really appreciate you guys joining us.
1: Yes, yes, we do. I'm so sorry for the names that we butchered. We do love you, though. Uh, if you want to be certified crispy, uh, you can sign up. We have a couple different donor levels. Uh, hmm. I, I could talk about the
0: first one if you want, Sean. Sure. The, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, let's talk about the sticker. The certified yeah. crispy August, the August giveaway. So,
1: looks so. I love the bacon. It looks great.
0: I thought that was... Bread. Yeah, that was awesome. But... Like Cody said, if you would like to become a Patreon, here's what you have to do, Cody.
1: Yes. Uh so you can go to our Patreon website, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash join collecting uh forward slash collecting weekly. Uh our first level is our five dollar level. Uh, it's called the Sweet Angel. Um, you get some Patreon swag sent straight to your door for the five dollars a month sticker, uh or excuse me, for five dollars a month, uh you get a sticker uh for each month. The um, and uh, we have a bunch of them. So hopefully if you sign up, you'll get some cool stickers. Put them on your water bottle, your computer, whatever you want.
0: And uh, the crispy the crispy tier is also pretty cool. You actually get Zach's help on uh, for fixing a figure. I thought that was pretty cool with him.
1: Yes. Uh, you get the, the, what is it, um, the free painted head sculpt uh, yep. from Dark Side Customs as well. Uh, you get everything in the first tier, I believe, as well. So become crispy.
0: And of course, we'd like to shout out all of our um, other shows on the network. Uh, Collecting weekly and After Dark are our weekly our weekly um, shows. So check those out. I think Collecting Weeklies Tuesday or Wednesday. I, I honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. Sorry, Zach and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: um <laughs> I can find Live and Let Dice if you want. <laughs> yeah.
0: Go ahead. Live, live and Let Dice, Collecting <laughs> Rarities, and Creeps Are Us are our monthly shows.
1: Our monthly shows. Uh Live and Let Dice. I'm the Dungeon Master Cody. Um I will be guiding you through stories of our players with Dean, Deany, um, Zach, and our friend Devin. We are hoping to go uh bi monthly with the show. But uh, some more news on that probably in the next month or so. So,
0: And then we have small talk, only fools in collecting and uh, collecting comics, of course, are our biweekly shows. So be sure if you ever get the chance to check out some of these other stuff. Um, I always kind of like to watch the joy of hobbying with uh, with Zach, too, though, he was, when he's kind of taking his time working on some kind of custom or a model kit or he's. Uh, reviewing a figure or something like that You could really tell how much he enjoys uh, Doing all this um, Before we go uh, Since we got Cody here now I want to know what you guys want To talk about what you guys want to hear Us talk about if you have any Interests in comics some topics that We might have hit on that you want more details in Put it in the comments uh, Comment section or uh, send us a, a Facebook message On what you guys like to hear And uh, That's our show today. My name's Sean. My name's Cody. And this is Collecting Collecting Comics. Comics.